You are now listening to What the Hell, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire, and today I just kind of wanted to jump on. This is kind of an impromptu podcast I'm doing right now. It's like 8 o'clock in the evening. I know that's not late to some of you, but like I normally don't just jump on and do an impromptu podcast right away, but something's really been on my mind, and this might only be like a 15-minute podcast, but... I don't I don't think it matters. It's my podcast. I get to decide. But a topic that's really near and dear to my heart has come up over and over again in the last little bit. And I think it's because, you know, old habits definitely die hard. So it's something that I've struggled with time and time again. But then when I get out of it, this habit, which I'm going to talk to you about, I realize how much better I feel and just how insidious it is in everyday life at detracting from your true joy. So I'm sure you know someone, or maybe you are someone, who struggles a little bit with perfectionism. I know that perfectionism is definitely something that I've come up against and you know, in high school, when I or even when I was younger than that, I never would have thought of myself as a perfectionist. I mean, definitely, I did not strive to be perfect in, in anything. You know, I look back at competitive sports, and I was terrible, and I just gave up right away. I, I didn't strive to be perfect. If something was hard, I, I, I did give up for a lot of it, you know, even with academics. I definitely wasn't that great in high school. I didn't strive to be perfect for a lot, but it wasn't until, you know, a series of different events that I had gone through. And perfectionism, it's important to realize that perfectionism can also be a trauma response. So when we experience something, and trauma can come in many forms, it doesn't have to be like this huge, big event that happens. It could be you know, the loss of your job, it could be going through COVID, like, it doesn't have to be, you know, like my, my specific trauma with abuse, you don't have to have necessarily gone through that to be a perfectionist. But perfectionism, nonetheless, can be a trauma response. And I think it's really important to realize that behaviors no matter how dysfunctional they are, they always serve a purpose. Like they don't just come out of the woodworks for no apparent reason. There's always like a protective mechanism that comes from a behavior. And it may serve a function for a specific time, but that function, once it's done and that behavior starts to persist, is when we start to encounter issues with that behavior. And perfectionism is no different. So let's say you go through an experience and you decide that 
your perfectionist mind thinks, okay, well, in order to never go through this experience again, I'm going to do or try and do everything as perfect as I possibly can, which means there's no margin for error. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Nothing can get in my way. And if I fail at it, I'm just going to push myself harder because then this thing that I went through won't ever happen again. Does that make sense? For example, I'll, I'll give you an example just so you don't feel like I'm rambling. For me, that perfectionism really came after I experienced rape. So in order for me to never experience that again and never put myself in that vulnerable position again, I was going to make myself so you know, indestructible through exercise and I was going to make myself so strong and so tough that nothing was going to get in the way of that. Exercise then served as a mechanism to help me feel strong at a time when I felt incredibly vulnerable and weak. And exercise is so important and it's so healthy, but it also became extremely unhealthy and detrimental in the way that I used it. I made going to the gym like a religion. I made the way that I ate so strict that nothing could get in the way of it. So family events, my whole life was structured around exercising first and foremost. It didn't matter what was going on. That was going to come first. And I made sure everyone knew that. Everyone knew that they were second to exercise. And then with eating, I would bring food, my own food to restaurants. I'd be extremely strict. I would be just an absolute basket case if I ate something that I deemed unworthy or unclean. Because in my mind, these things, controlling my body, controlling how strong I was, controlling what I ate, like these served as functions, as a protective mechanism for me to A, control something when I felt completely out of control. When I had control taken from me, it was something that I could control. And that made me feel powerful. And then that perfectionism in my mind was like, okay, well, if I can just be like this and do this, never put myself in that situation again, then I never have to feel like that. I never have to feel powerless. I never have to feel vulnerable. I'll never be used. I'll never be X, Y, and Z. And so we do this. We adopt these perfectionistic behaviors, whether it's working or exercising or the way that we eat or the, you know, the way that we do school. And, and I saw this, you know, rear its ugly head again. As I've been through school, it's been extremely challenging to be a perfectionist when a perfectionism is not a badge of honor to wear. It's not good. It's not, it's not an admirable admirable trait to be a perfectionist. I know that it's highly valued in our society, but it's really not. It's quite damaging. But being in school had really, you know, made all of this come to life again because you're trying so hard at something because you want it to go somewhere. And it's important because I want my education to go somewhere. So I'm not just going to not put in effort. But when that effort When you put in so much effort 
and maybe something doesn't go your way, like I get a B plus instead of an A and my whole day is ruined and like literally I'm so stressed. My digestion is completely a mess because I'm so stressed. I'm not sleeping properly because I didn't get an A. That's not healthy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that that's not healthy. But we do that and we kind of like just shrug it off like, oh, well, you just really want to excel. But there's a difference in excelling in a healthy way and there's a difference in excelling and getting to an end goal and, and, and getting this goal, but getting it in an unhealthy way. So it's important to understand the distinction because if we want to live a sustainable life and do things that are sustainable and engage in things like exercise and eating healthy and going to work, you know, like things that we just do, we have to come at it with a moderate approach. And moderation is not a word that was in my vocabulary for a very long time. Not until now, not until I really realized how important the concept the concept of moderation really is. Moderation is also not a concept that we are inundated with as much as we are notions of perfectionism, trying harder and grinding and you just like putting in the work and doing this and doing that. I mean, all you have to do is go on social media and you have all of this information flying at you, like create, do this to create this reel and do this to get this amount of followers and do this. And oh, and by the way, you need this product or this service because this is going to make you better. And we're not, we're, we're not hearing messages like, oh, maybe you should just try as hard as you can. But if you don't feel good, then maybe you should just take a step back. Like, how often are you hearing that message? Or, you know, if you're tired today, maybe you should just rest. Now, there are a lot of different, um, I guess, for lack of better terms, influencers coming out with a more moderate message. But even if they're saying it, they're showing it differently. So someone like a workout, like a fitness page might say like, don't forget to rest today. And then they'll like... (laughs) show them working out like hammering it at the gym and it's like yeah that's gonna motivate you to rest but really like we need to have these messages of moderation and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't ever push yourself in the gym you absolutely should I think it's great but if you are so stressed hammering your body with a workout is the last thing you need but you're not hearing that from these people and I think it's also important like I had um holistic health coach Taryn Shank on the podcast last episode and she had a really good reminder she said not every message is for everyone and so you also have to be able to weed out what is for your ears at that time it's very very important because sometimes you're going to need a push and sometimes you're going to need a pull back and you have to be in charge of that in order to figure out what message is for you But I digress, coming back to moderation. There is so much power in living a moderate life. 
And I never thought that I would say that. I mean, I used to say this quote all the time. This was like my Facebook handle for the longest time or whatever handle, like maybe when it was, um, I don't know, MSN or whatever it was before Facebook. And you could have like those, those titles. I don't know. Like it was like a, like a hook. I don't know. And mine was obsession. How did it go? Obsession is a word that lazy people use to describe the dedicated. And it's like the sentiment was there, but also like when someone's obsessed, they, they could also just be obsessed. It, it doesn't mean that someone who's lazy is saying that person's obsessed when they're dedicated. So it's very interesting. Moderation was not a word in my vocabulary for a very long time. But trust me, if you don't live a moderate life, your body will slow you down so you do live a moderate life. Or something will happen in life that causes you to take a step back. Because what living an immoderate life is really translates to all or nothing thinking. So you're living on the extreme. You either do something to the fullest or you don't do it at all. And while some people might think, well, what's wrong with that? Like, if you're going to do something, might as well do your best or don't do it at all. But what if your best isn't actually getting it done how it needs to get done at that moment? Like, what if your best is just taking your feet and putting them on the floor and taking a step forward? Like, what if your best in that moment isn't going for a 50-kilometer bike ride like you know you could? Maybe it's like, maybe your best in that moment is resting. Maybe your best in that moment is going off your normal way of eating because you want to go out to a restaurant and celebrate with a friend. So you have to understand that that all or nothing thinking and like and for that restaurant example maybe that could look like you going to a restaurant and ordering something you don't necessarily order but not going on a full out binge because you did that like you could eat one cookie and not binge i know that that's a super foreign concept to some people but you could have a moderate way of eating But the problem is that these messages of moderation are not put out to us. They're starting to. But I think, you know, it was really telling in the media. And I found myself gravitating towards one side. And I'm sure you're going to figure out which side pretty quick. But when COVID happened, there was one side that was very like, We need this vaccine immediately because people are dying left, right, and center. And then there was the other side that was like, oh, wow, this is a virus. We know what viruses do to people whose health is compromised, such as those with um, type 2 diabetes, metabolic disease, high blood pressure, cancer, dementia, like we got to focus on our health. I'm sure you can figure out which one I was on. But either side kind of went to the extreme. And it was like kind of a battle of the wills. And there was no in-between, it seemed. 
And the people on the health side of things went really extreme, I found, because I was on that side. And I also started to go pretty extreme because, you know, in a way, like COVID scared everyone. And I know lots of even people like, I, I wasn't, act, to be honest, I really wasn't that afraid. But I was like, wow, we got to get healthy. Now's the time. And I was motivated because I knew how sick society really was. And so I was extra motivated, not even just for myself, but for people to the point where I was like, you got to cut out this, you got to cut out that, like no sugar, no seed oils, no, no X, Y, and Z ever, because this is causing inflammation and this is putting you at risk. And the thing is like, those things do put you at risk for chronic illness. And we shouldn't be consuming them in large quantities. However, if you followed that advice of absolutely no seed oils, like industrialized seed oils, canola, safflower, cotton seed, soybean, if you, if you said, okay, I'm never going to have those seed oils again, you would never go to another restaurant. You might get away with going to Italian restaurants because of the oil, olive oil that they use. You might be able to get away with going to like a really high quality French restaurant because they just use a lot of butter, but guaranteed there's canola oil lurking somewhere in those restaurants. So that means you would never, ever go to a restaurant again. Like, could you imagine that kind of life where you were so hell bent on following a certain thought pattern and belief and perspective that it didn't allow you to go out and celebrate and be around loved ones and and enjoy food and enjoy going out to a restaurant. And so there was a lot of unhealthy perspectives. And I definitely found myself like slipping down into that perspective. And it was tough. And I realized like, I remember someone saying like, yeah, we, we live a moderate life. And I was like, why? Just eating a bunch of junk? But that, that mentality right there is so toxic because that's also that all or nothing thinking coming back. Just because someone says they live a moderate life doesn't mean automatically they're just eating a bunch of junk. In fact, the people that said this were, were really healthy, but they also said They also knew the importance of being able to enjoy food because food serves more of a purpose than just fueling our body. That is one huge purpose. But food is also meant to be enjoyed. And we see this big difference between places like North America and places like Europe or South America, where food is really enjoyed and it's a part of family, it's a part of community. And we've kind of lost that. We've lost that moderation because we are striving for perfectionism all the time. And I think that kind of perspective can be far more damaging than the occasional meal with some seed oils when you go out to a restaurant. And the more moderate I actually conduct myself, the more moderately I conduct myself, I should say, 
the more at ease I feel, you know, a lot of the issues that we face are due to stress. And the main stressors that we battle against are the stressors, those self-imposed stressors that we put on ourselves. So those high expectations, the perfectionism, the all or nothing thinking, the negative thoughts, like those are the things that really create that chronic low level day in, day out stress. And that kind of stress is insidious because it's always there. It's always in the background, changing how we think, tainting our perspectives on things. And we don't even realize just how stressed we are from the thoughts and the behaviors and the perspectives that we hold. And it doesn't mean that they didn't serve a purpose for a time, but we have to understand that once that time is over and that purpose has been served, we need to move on with the behavior. And so it's very important to assess your life and look at the areas where you might not be quite so forgiving and where you tend to not be so moderate because when you do take a step back and you give yourself some room to breathe then you realize that it's not so scary to live a moderate life because a lot of us think well yeah but if I you know don't exercise super hard six days a week then I'm just gonna you know get fat it's like what like (laughs) Really? Do you think that? Or if I eat this one th- one meal, then everything's going to go out the window. And that's not true. It's just not true. The fact is, the real the truth is that if you give yourself some room to breathe, that you're going to function better because you're not under chronic stress. If you give yourself some time to rest from exercise, You're going to come back the next day and you're not going to be like, oh, that was so nice to to not exercise. I feel so rested. I'm just never going to exercise again. If you're already an avid exerciser, the next day after not exercising, you're probably going to wake up and you're going to be like, man, I feel great. It's going to be a great workout today. Or say you eat a meal and you're like, oh, kind of feel a bit bloated. Probably ate a whole bunch of stuff that I normally wouldn't eat. It's not on my normal like list of foods that make my body feel great, but hey, I had a good time. The next day you wake up, you're probably not going to be like, oh, well, I ate that yesterday, so I mean, I might as well just like get fat and die. Like you're not going to think like that. You're going to be like, okay, well, it was a great meal. Now I'm just going to move on and it's going to be great. So there is a lot of power in living a moderate life. And really, it's the antidote to all or nothing thinking. So that was my little rant today. Really felt the need to come on and share that because it's definitely like it's an area that I struggle with. And then when I realize, like when I give myself that room to not be perfect and to go out and enjoy a meal of foods that I don't normally eat or not spend six hours studying in the evening, I feel pretty good. And I want to do better the next day and I feel motivated and able to do really well in whatever I'm trying to do the following day. But you need to give yourself that permission to take a step back 
You need to know when to push and you need to know when to pull back. And you're only going to be able to do that if you stop the all or nothing thinking. And the only way you're going to be able to stop the all or nothing thinking is to realize that A, you have a problem with perfectionism and B, that perfectionism isn't something to be praised. It's actually something that's extremely damaging to our mental health which ends up being extremely damaging to our physical health. And this is not to say, I don't want you to walk away from this podcast, this episode, thinking, I'm just going to stop exercising and eat whatever I want. I do want you to eat whatever you want. But I want you to gravitate towards healthy foods because they make your body feel wonderful. But I don't want you to be so tied to that that you can't enjoy anything else like going out for a meal. So that is all for today. Go out there and live a moderate life. That's how you're going to achieve the excellence that you're really looking for. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I hope you gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show and please leave me a review. You know, your reviews are what get this podcast out there and it would mean the world to me if you left one. You can also follow me on Instagram at underscore Lena, L-E-N-A, underscore Jade, J-A-D-E, where I post nutrition, psychology, and health content pretty much every day. All right, well, that is it for today. Stay tuned for the next episode. And as you go throughout your day today, always remember... You are powerful over your health.